This episode of Accelerate is brought to you in part by Discover.org. Looking to close four times as many deals in half the time? Discover.org's industry-leading, human-verified sales intelligence gives you all of the data and insights, like direct dials, org charts, planned projects, verified emails, and executive moves, you need to stop wasting time on research and spend more time talking to the right decision-maker with the right message at the right time. Their team of 250-plus sales researchers do all the work so that you don't have to. 2,500 companies are already using Discover.org to win more deals. So check them out at www.discoverorg.com. That's www.discoverorg.com. It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends. This is Andy. Welcome to episode 606-606 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Joining me today on the show is my guest, Matt Bonatti. He's the CEO and co-founder at Lead Gnome. That's gnome like uh, garden gnome, I guess. G-N-O-M-E. So Lead Gnome. And in today's show, Matt joins me to talk about how to harvest really vital sales intelligence from reply emails. It's really an interesting angle. So we're going to talk about why Matt believes that email's not on the road to becoming obsolete, at least not anytime soon, because it still converts so effectively and higher than other methods. And how to use email effectively as part of your go-to-market strategy. Then we're also going to dig into how reply emails, so we've talked about, can be an untapped treasure trove of valuable sales intelligence for you. Matt will share how Lead Gnome uses AI to harvest that information and add it to your account automation or your CRM system. So uh, if you're not looking at reply emails as a source of insights into what's happening at your prospects and customers, then maybe you're missing an opportunity. So stay with us and listen to the conversation and learn a little bit about that. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 606. Again, we have a breakdown of this and all of our conversations on Accelerate there. And uh, let me remind you that today's show is brought to you in part by Discover.org. The Discover.org platform is a game changer for sales, marketing, and staffing professionals. The feature-rich sales intelligence platform is supported by 250-plus researchers who continually update contact data and provide account-specific insights to help your sales marketing teams break ahead of the pack. So see the product live at discoverorg.com forward slash schedule hyphen demo. That's discoverorg.com forward slash schedule hyphen demo. All right, let's jump into it with Matt. Matt Bonatti, welcome to Accelerate. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. So I open conversation with a standard question for my guests. And this question is, in your opinion, what's what's the single biggest challenge that's facing sales reps today? The single biggest challenge is all about um, basically getting voice, right? How do you stand out from the rest? Uh, that challenge is a traditional challenge, but it's it, it's every year it gets harder and harder, right? We have so uh, many ways to uh, I'll use the term bombard our uh, prospects with information that they're on overload and uh, and salespeople really need to adjust and the way that i believe you adjust is by providing a true value to your prospects all along the sales cycle um, rather than sort of uh, just building rapport for rapport's sake kind of checking that checking the box you, you really want to feel as if you're providing that value and building up 
a true relationship, a partnership, mm -hmm. so, uh, so that that customer, that prospect feels it and um, recognizes you as a, a person that can help them. Because ultimately, that's what you and your company will be doing for that customer if you close the deal. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I don't know, I was sort of thinking back, thinking back oh, a, a while, a few decades while you're answering and, and sort of comparing. It's like, yeah, they're bombarded, and, which is horrible that we do that to, to people as indiscriminately as we do as an industry. But I was thinking back when I got started in sales is, is in some respects, it was almost easier then for the buyer to ignore you. Because right. because there were so few ways to get in touch with them, I, mean, I agree. There was basically a single threaded, and you know, no one felt a compulsion to return a phone call for somebody they didn't know. But there's something about you know email and a social touch and so on that that you know maybe it's that whole dopamine reaction we talk about. Is it that it's almost like yeah, I, I should do something with that, right? Right. <laughs> and I think now we're training ourselves that. Or not even not training. Maybe it's we get so many as is you know. I look at my own in, inbox, and it's like I don't even peruse a lot of them just because I don't have time, right? But it, and they sort of come and go, especially you know Gmail separates some of these different inboxes. You know, three quarters of them I don't even see. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I wonder whether it's you know, yeah, it's hard to stand out. It's extremely hard to stand out. But it's really always been hard to stand out because you know, I said in some respects it's easier for the customer to ignore you in the past. Right. I agree. And, you know, you mentioned email as an example. And I think that in order for us to stand out in any medium, but let's say take email as an example, we can't send the same email to every account and every person. You just simply won't stand out. And uh, that goes for subject line and it goes for the preview text and everything. But just, we do. You know. But we do. Well, some people do, yeah. and and some people don't, right? So if you get to the people that do, uh, now how do you stand out from all the others that do? And uh, that really has to be about providing true value to the customer. Uh, you know, it's it's you have to really look at the situation from their perspective and truly internalize that they are bombarded. And they have certain problems that are acute right now. You may not fit into that set of problems today, and that's okay. Uh, you should know enough to back off because they will reward you down the road. Mm -hmm. Right. But likewise, if if they do uh, pick up that um, that information and really want to engage, then you know again you need to follow up with providing them information and listening to them in order to provide the information that's most important to them. They don't have time to waste. We, this has always been the case, but more so now. And if you're not a good listener, you're going to miss all of those, Matt Hines sometimes calls it whispers, right? You're going to miss those whispers. They're there. We need to pick up on them. And I would not use the term capitalize. I would use the term uh, provide value back based on those whispers. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, and that sort of leads into what we want to talk about 
today, and in part, as, as I do want to have you give you a chance to talk a little bit about lead gnome because you know you sort of building a, a an application a system if you will really upon those whispers Somebody exactly did. so exactly. so tell us a little bit about what you guys do what was sort of the impetus to start the company yeah the impetus was my own uh, i guess a, you know the best inventions are born out of your own uh, experiences and in this case lead gnome's case that's true i I've been leading some marketing departments, focusing in on, uh, you know, the the marketing and sales aspects of of my job. And what I noticed was all of these great pieces of information coming back to us from our email uh, campaigns and, you know, that component of our overall campaign. And I, I think this is especially true in the ABM world. What's interesting about reply email is, first of all, uh, unfortunately, most of us ignore it because it's very difficult to take the time to go in and and sort of mine that information. But when you start to look at it, what what you find is the information is very specific to the accounts that you're engaging with. Uh, if you think about it, it just makes sense. If you're sending an email in and you've done all the right personalizations and all that, but you get some type of auto or human response back, the information is going to be very specific to that account. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's a net new contact, it's going to be in that account. And and frankly, not only is it going to be in that account, but it's going to be in and around the the uh, folks that will matter, if you will, the influencers or decision makers uh, of that opportunity. If you know, we pick up a cell phone, it's going to be of a person you're trying to engage with, and uh, you know. So, whatever the information coming back, um, it's all about those accounts, and so it furthers an ABM model quite nicely. Uh, and so, you know, that's what we we built. We built a system that uses artificial intelligence to take care of the tedious aspects of looking at every single reply and determining whether there's relevant information and then harvesting that information, if you will, and uh, making it available, synchronizing it with either your marketing automation or CRM systems so that you can do the right thing with it according to your business practices. That's what we do in a nutshell. Our customers are really finding great value in it. Yeah, because what you're what you're doing is you're getting we talked used the word before whispers or signals or some sort of intelligence about something that's happening at that account, right? You could be getting a reply email auto generated. Hey, John doesn't work here anymore, and right. in which case. Here's Jane, who's the new person responsible for this. Well, suddenly you have, as you talk about, you have multiple bits of information that become actionable at that point in time. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And and what better way to uh, gain or, or create a new opportunity by following, in your example, John to his new company, right? That's why in the old days we used to talk about, hey, let's hire some salespeople with a Rolodex in the industry we care about. Well, you know, John is moving. He's in your Rolodex, so to speak. You've built a rapport with him. He is certainly going to take your phone call uh, at the new location. 
plus you have Jane in which to engage, uh, you know, maybe maybe this organization is a, a customer already. This is post sales. John is still great to go and reach out to, but now Jane is super critical for renewals, right? You don't want your account team finding out late that John has moved on because now they're going to have to try and hunt down the person who we've already identified because in the auto response, Jane's information was, was given to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think that, that the value is much more about, about what's happening internally within that opportunity that you're talking about. I I understand the, you know, that there is value in understanding John left and John went someplace else. Um, you know, I was never a big believer in hiring people with huge ant Rolodexes because it didn't transfer well from company to company. But, uh, and I think that actually was some research that's come out recently about that, that, um, you know, people that succeed at one company in the industry moving to another company in the industry rarely accelerate or rarely experience the same level of success. I'll, I'll try to dig that up for people listening, but it's something that came out not that long ago. But yeah. The intelligence within. I mean, that's solid gold. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> and it's just sitting well, there. Think think about um, something as benign as an expired or changing email address, right? We pick up on those signals too. So I'll make this one fairly, you know, evident. And then we'll discuss it. But you know, maybe the the email comes back. Hey, as of October first, I just want to let you know that my email is changing from matt at smallfish.com to matt at bigfish.com. Well, you know, the very tactical piece of that is to change the email for Matt, right? Mm -hmm. So that can continue to engage with him. But the insight, as as you talk about, the intelligence is very important here. Something happened where, if you will, after the at symbol in the email, right, the domain side of that has changed. So this is one of two things that's happened. Either it's a rebranding event for the organization or there's an M&A event. In either case, it's super critical to provide that information to your sales team because that organization is changing and we really need to investigate that. It could be bigger opportunity. It could be protecting the opportunity that you've already closed, right? But Either way, it's great insight for the organization. Yeah, or as case may be, if it is a, a merger, you could be losing an opportunity because exactly. the, the bigger company uses their system unless, hey, maybe we don't need to invest. Maybe it's not a priority now to invest as much time in that opportunity as we might have done before. That's right. That's right. Bad news early. Yeah, I've, I've lost some of those over my, my career, but nothing you can do about it. Exactly. Yeah, we all have. We've all lost them. But but at least you can then plan for it, right? Hey, I know I can now forecast that this is not going to close, right? We're not going to get the renewal. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that helps the overall team to understand what do we need to do next. Yeah, I just think anything that, that gives you an insight into any internal operatings of a prospect or an opportunity you're working on is just is valuable, right? Because it, generally it's pretty opaque, I mean, we, we may be able to understand, you know, who the decision makers are, who the influencers are, but we're not privy to their conversations for the most part, except maybe secondhand. But, but here you're getting information that's that's not being filtered. And, you know, I think again from a salesperson standpoint, you want to look at that, you decide to think about that. So, okay, well, what does what does that mean? And maybe right. it is 
triggers a question you can ask your contacts, ask the people you're dealing with, what does this mean? What's you know, the impact on the valuation you're doing and so on and so forth. But as a salesperson, like I said, all that is great, great information to get. Agreed. Agreed. Whether it turns and, out to be actionable or not, it's still something. And that's that's what you want. That's right. That's right. And now we have a situation, too, where if we think about sales and marketing as a unit rather than as siloed, when marketing is working its magic, uh, t- traditionally it's been broad brush. But now we can get very specific and we can provide some of these uh, relevant pieces of insight, as well as uh, more information about uh, existing uh, leads and new people within those accounts. No longer do we have to provide sales with a list of new, if you will, MQLs, right? Marketing qualified leads that it really fr- end, end up, they serve to frustrate sales because they're not in the accounts that they're working on. But if we as marketers are targeting appropriately, engaging with these target accounts, uh, then we're going to be able to provide sales, not just with qualified folks, but with qualified folks within the accounts that matter to them now. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, right? Because now marketing has credibility, marketing is relevant to sales, and the entire team starts to gel, align well, and move forward in a more productive way. So who's your sorry, ideal client profile then? Uh, for LeadNome itself, it's uh, it, so we generate a, a lot of information that needs to then be leveraged within the business logic, um, alerts and, and so on, uh, workflows. And so our ideal uh, customer profile are mid-market to enterprise folks. Uh, they tend to send out uh, more, you know, more email than uh, the than the teams can handle um, dealing with analyzing the replies. Right, the volume is too mm. high. Uh, but they also have to be marketing and sales stack savvy, and I don't mean just you know laying down all these pieces of uh, you know these apps for putting them there, you know, for just the sake of having them. I think Joe Rowley says it nicely, a fool with a tool is still a fool. Uh, But rather that these tools have to be leveraged um, already before we show up. Because if we're providing this information and it simply falls on the floor, it it becomes burdensome to the organization as opposed to helpful. So we work with organizations that have – the basics of marketing and sales automation in place so that we can drive in uh, more intelligence that they can capitalize on that they haven't had before. Okay. Well, let's, let's examine the question for a second about, so here you are, you're building this company based on this, you know, mining emails for intelligence and signals and whispers. But yeah, there's a lot of discussion about the future of email. Yeah, you know, it's, sure. it's going to be replaced by messaging apps. Uh, in some cases, you know, some companies, you know, Slack and others, um, bots. You know, is what's sort of your vision about where email is going and what that means for for you and what you do? So, yeah, this this prognosis has come out time and time again, and the reality is that whether you're ABM or inbound or more heavily weighted on uh, outbound, 
uh, email is a very strong component of your overall uh, go to market. And that is not going to go away. The, w- the way you divvy up the world uh, or your go to market um, components may change. But email has some very, uh, you know, some very nice parts about it that make it work so well. It still outperforms social uh, by by a landslide, right? The lowest number I can find is 3x conversion for email over social. But typically, you'll see things like 6x. Is that changing? um, I, I think it's dependent on how the data is taken in. Uh, and, and if you think about ads, ads, whether it's ABM ads or more traditional ads where you're trying to target personas, uh, ads have a horrible conversion rate. They still do. Now, it gives you awareness, but conversion rate just isn't there. And so email tends to to have its place in the overall mix. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that email should be your only thing, right? That no one individual channel should be your only way to go to market. But uh, it it certainly does uh, provide wonderful return, and it tends to be the workhorse of marketing. And with, you know, what Aaron Ross has taught about around predictive predictable revenue and the model of uh, sending emails and making calls and all of these uh, organizations or, or, or um, solutions like SalesLoft and, and Yesware, et cetera, that have, have been developed to help with making a predictable cadence for a multi-touch cadence and a multi-channel cadence for sales teams, email is still a very strong component. So I just don't see that as going away anytime soon because of its tremendous benefits. And uh, the folks that I am speaking with, uh, they're certainly you know, becoming more savvy with social, et cetera, but email uh, you know, still does a wonderful job and is still the dominant uh, component of whether it's ABM, inbound, et cetera. Uh, you, you see email all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it does, but it's, and you talk about the conversion, comparative conversions and so on, but, um, yeah, you don't think there's anything on the horizon that, that might change that? Well, I think, you know, I think that we will uh, be looking at messaging, uh, texts, et cetera, and uh, that's something that we are looking into as well. There are replies, there's automated replies there, et cetera. So those are areas that we want to explore because there's information, there's whispers, you know, there's insight in all of these channels. Uh, we started with email, but uh, we certainly want to make sure that we're, we're helping our customers, uh, you know, with, with many of those channels. The ones that provide feedback where we don't have the time necessarily to uh, take a look at those. Yeah, I mean, I and I don't have any, you know, real insights myself in terms of of what I think will be the in terms of predicting who the winner is going to be going forward. But it just feels like we're killing email with the way we're using it. It may still be the only one that really converts at a reasonable rate, but yeah, you know, you we're, know, not, think- we're we're not doing anything to to uh, 
anything productive that's gonna say, yeah, we're here, we're gonna assure its longevity because yeah, you know, the the way we're using it is just not a way A, it it's doesn't align with the way most people want to you know, personally if you'd ask somebody, you know, do you feel comfortable selling this way, most of them would probably say no. Well, so uh yeah, I I haven't gotten that kind of feedback. So if 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 the model by which you're selling, so consistency and so on matters, right? So we have organizations like the Seventh Sense, as an example, which uh, helps organizations determine through an AI engine when each of the folks that you're sending to tend to open up their email. And so you can optimize when to send your email so that the people receiving it will open it more readily, more consistently. And, and so what I have found is that consistency, for instance, our lead gnome as an organization, we send out one and only one email each week. We send it on Tuesday, we send it in the evening. And uh, we found that that has really worked for us well. And people, you know, our customers, the folks that that sign up for our newsletters, and we use double opt in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to to make sure that folks want to see this information. Our unsubscribe rate is negligible because we're very consistent, and if we're certain, you know, if we're doing things that are inconsistent in order to get people's attention, we're playing with timing and and so on and flooding them sometimes and et cetera, uh, that is a problem. I, I, people don't take kindly to that. But I will say that if you ask folks, hey, should I, um, should I try and sell to people via text message or via email, they'll say email, hands down. Because text messaging is, is in, people think of it as intrusive. With email, I can let that sit. Right. I can get to it when I want to. A text message interrupts me. Uh, you know, uh, so we used to talk about email interruption where people were sort of bound to their screens or well, what have you. But sales is basically an interrupt driven activity. I mean, take take email aside and inside sales. But I mean, we still have you know significant majority of salespeople who these days are still you know, out knocking on doors or or right. you know, Doing calls. Calls. It's, it's all disruptive. It, it is. And so look at the behaviors of the people on the receiving end, right? So most of the folks that I know never answer their phone. They'd rather pick up the voicemail and make a decision of who to get back to. Mm-hmm. And so with email, it's the same thing. Uh, they could do that with text, but, you know, the pesky phones <laughs> continue to remind you over and over, hey, you got a text wait. Now you can you can turn that off. But, uh, you know, we, we haven't, as recipients, re- gotten savvy enough with that yet. We still find that intrusive. Uh, and so the receiving end has figured out mechanisms of which to say, OK, well, let me go back when I feel ready, review these or delete them or what have you. And so, yes, while. I agree with you that sales is is interrupt driven. I think the better model is trying to figure out with some of these forms, hey, when when would you like to talk? What is a good time? Right? Um, and and we've had really great success with that. I I tend to be a very soft sale. 
type of person because I'm sold to all the time and I don't like being knocked over the head all the time. So when, when I reach out to folks, I provide them with my calendar as an example, right? Hey, you, you, um, showed interest in these cases. I noticed something about, you know, like something about your organization and I handwrite these emails. And, uh, and so it seems like the next step would be for us to talk. I'm no, I know you're busy. Here's my calendar. Uh, why don't you select a time that's, you know, that works for you. And so by giving, by giving folks the opportunity to select for themselves, uh, the next step, yes, it takes a little bit longer, potentially. That's, I think the argument. Um, but you know, what, what, what we have found is that, uh, we will wait and people will come back to us and they were too busy to listen before, but they respected the way that we uh, addressed them and the value that we provided in each of our outreaches. And this just happened this week to me. So I literally closed the deal in a day because the person just didn't have the time before was, you know, liked the way that we worked with them. They scheduled a call and that was it. So we, we see these kinds of things working very well for us in the mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. And we may be one off, right? This is just one person's experience, but, uh, you know, it tends to maybe, maybe that's part of standing out in the crowd, right? That we're not the type of organization. And I talk to my team all the time about let's not be the club wielding salespeople, right? Let's, Let's be the type of sales folks that uh, are truly interested in helping our prospects become uh, customers where we're helping drive true value into that organization, ultimately driving revenue. And, uh, and, and you know, let's make sure that that's always first in our minds when we talk with folks. So how do you set their goals on a sort of a daily basis? Yeah, no, that's a great question, right? So we're still small enough where, um, you know, and, and I don't, I haven't taken outside money, right? We're still bootstrapped where I don't have those same pressures of a board who's invested whatever number of millions of dollars and is saying, hey, you know, this quarter we got to beat that and, you know, you have to bring, drive this much and so on. We just don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, this is a time, a place in time where, uh, I, in some cases, I'm fortunate, right? In some sense, I'm fortunate where we don't have to, um, yeah. you know, have that same hundred just, emails and fifty calls a day, right? Yeah, we don't do that, and and I don't ever want to get to the point where we do that. I, I think that that is a mistake. We look at things uh, from a long term perspective, as opposed to any short term you know, revenue goals, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I think, and we'd have a whole separate conversation about that. I mean, it, I think the way you're doing it is the way more companies should. It, it Just because you're taking money doesn't necessarily mean that you need to conform to a, a different model of some that you referred to before, Agreed. but, but it's, but it, unfortunately it's sort of the way it works and it's, yeah, they I feel think, that pressure. Yeah. Right. But I think, I think now there's the beginnings of pushback against that to say, yeah, we've done that, and it yields a certain level of performance. 
But if anything, we're not able to exceed that level, and we may actually be slipping backwards just because, you know, the the reception to it overall in the marketplace. So, yeah. so I think right. we've you know got a lot of discussion coming up about how that's all going to evolve. But all right, very useful to to hear what you're what you're doing. So, unfortunately, we're out of time, but um, we'll have you back. We'll do this again sometime. So, I'd love tell, tell people how to find out more about uh, Lead Gnome, and I always think about. Yard Gnome, when I say that, Lead Gnome, <laughs> and um, get in contact with you. Yeah, so uh, we're at leadgnome.com, L E A D G N O M E.com. And uh, people can reach out to me. I'm. It's simple. It's Matt, M A T T, at leadgnome.com. I love talking about um, sales, marketing, the alignment between them, and of course, uh, you know, sharing with people some of the benefits of taking a look at reply email. Uh, there's just tremendous amount of insight in there. And uh, I'd love to have that conversation with folks. All right. Well, perfect. Well, good. Well, Matt, thank you very much. Friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Make sure you come back, join me again for the next episode of Accelerate with another fantastic guest. Till then, I appreciate it. If you get a chance, go to iTunes, wherever you listen to this podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review. We want to hear it from you, what we can do to make this an even better experience for you. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>